What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Storytime. I'm here today with a very special friend of mine that I've actually known for an incredibly long time. Uh, he's sure. out Ale's side, Elijah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for giving us your time and giving us all the information that you're about to share about your industry and about your profession. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. I've actually, I've, I've actually had you in mind to have on as a guest for such a long time, um, but you are a very busy man. You're doing some incredible <laughs> things like all over the world, it seems. It, it's, a, it's a hustle, man. It, it, is, it is definitely a hustle. Yeah, even, even during a pandemic. Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah. now, is, now is really that period of time where like, I feel like there's always people that are like, hustle hard, hustle 24-7, never sleep, sleep when you're dead. And then the pandemic hit and a lot of people were like, um, <laughs> things are a little bit hard. But then you see people like yourself that are still just gunning it. So respect to that. I mean, kind of, there's also, I will be honest, there, there's definitely a real message that I've got in a lot of people around me and in the industry have gotten that it's like, just slow down. Like, you know, we don't need to be doing so much. It's, it's not, it's not a cool thing to be busy. You know what I mean? That was for a while. That was like, thing. I gotta be doing a lot. It's like, no, 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 just slow down, like do what's important, get it done. But it's not about just like busying yourself with, you know, 27 meetings back to back. And it's just, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. I'm definitely learning a lot and getting some valuable reminders about what really is important during this crazy time. I feel like I'm learning exactly the same thing in that, you know, for, for, and Elijah and I are based in the same industry. Elijah's a film director, an incredibly good one at that. I'm going to put it out there. You've been nominated <laughs> you, for countless amounts of Emmys, and that is a <laughs> respect. Not countless. You can count, but it's, it's, yeah, but anyway, thank you. <laughs> it's a few Emmy nominations, and that's more than, like, what, 95% of the world can say. So, the world done again on that. But um, right on, man. Thank you. I, I, I feel like that's something that I've been learning as well, is that in the industry, four months on set, or however long, but then I spend those two, three months off. And when you onset, everything is go, 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 go 24 seven. And I say that as myself, I can only imagine what crew was saying and it's just constant. And then you step offset and it's nothing. And it's like, yeah. you know, now I've got to find that balance. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it became this like paranoia of stepping offset and this anxiety hits you of like, shit, what am I going to do now? Because I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like yep. everyone else is getting so much more ahead of me. And you get onto this roller coaster, like you say, of just meeting to meeting. You're starting this, doing that, pushing that, like trying to get everything going. And then the pandemic hit and you're forced to sit and go, yes, slow down. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe I should actually, you know, think this through, you know, and like give, give a lot more thought to the decisions that I'm making. That's, that's a, if you can take that lesson away from this whole thing, you're in really good shape. That's, yeah. that's a good way to go. You know, it's interesting. You said that one of, uh, so Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer is a really dear friend of mine. As you know, we talked about, yeah, um, he always talks about this thing coming back from riding big waves. It's like, he's now aware of it, you know, cause he's 56, but like he is really conscious that when he comes back from doing that, he has to be super careful because yeah. he is in such a sensitive state. So he said, it's almost like post-traumatic. Like you come back and you go really? from such a high where it's life and death, every single millisecond counts. And then you're just like, and I'm here with the family and it's like, everything's just calm and quiet. And like, what am I doing? What's my purpose? And you know, that's actually it's a real so thing. interesting. So, yeah. so 
just to touch on that, that's actually really cool. So you and Led are really, really good mates. Um, so you have a firsthand experience. I've, I've never met a big wave surfer in my life, but since being a kid, I've been obsessed with surfing. We have the Zigzag magazine here in South Africa, which is a surf magazine. And when I was, well, I was really young and my dad took me to the ocean and I learned how to kneeboard, how to bodyboard, how to boogie board, how to all this kind of stuff. And it was a dream of mine to be a surfer, to be like Kelly Slater and to be like Andy, oh, yeah. like all the, yeah. all, the, all the big boys. And people yeah. would ask me, Josh, what do you want to be when you're older? And it was either going to be actor or it was, I'm going to be a professional surfer. And people were like, Josh, but you don't even know how to surf. And I was like, the world can't stop me from doing shit. You know, it was like, like, <laughs> like I was like, I want to be a surfer, you know? And I, there's uh, dungeons here in South Africa, which is like one of the big wave locations of the world. And I heard right. about dungeons, obviously, when I was a little bit older. And it's been on my bucket list, not to surf dungeons, but I would, there's so much that I would give to get onto a jet ski and be taken out and to see firsthand the power that is do happening it. out at sea. Like, just to do that. Like, I, I'm not, I don't do have it. to surf it because I will not make it out of it. Uh, but to be out in the water and feel the cold yes. of the water and the mist from the waves and, and to see these guys do this incredible feat. Yeah. You, you know, someone that does that personally. So, Oh man, I, I did that. I did what you just, I went out with Laird in Kauai one time on just oh, on a ski, so I'm not surfing like that. I went on a ski and like, I was on my own ski and you know, he's obviously towing and riding these things. And it was just like moving mountains of water just coming towards you. And it's, it's just like, holy shit you have to go up like i would just yeah. like, go up the front of it just down the other side and try and stay out of the impact zone it was it's truly a i highly recommend it i'm just saying i highly That's recommend so it. crazy. it's a phenomenal thing get a ski and just go as safely as you can be as close to it as possible because the like you're saying the power of that it's, it's just crazy. You know, that's the, that's the thing about doing stuff in nature regardless of your profession i feel like it's yeah. so important because it's the ultimate humbler like you cannot come out of that without a great sense of just like bow down reverence humility like yes. this is real yeah. you know there's 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 quite an unreal we've we've both said it now but i i feel like there isn't a better wording to put to it that like power of mother nature yeah is is there is there anything that you've picked up on how does how does led hamilton get ready to do that oh i mean it's it's the you know he does a lot of things. First of all, it's his, it's his lifestyle. I mean, he wakes up every day consistently, you know, I think five or 6am. He's just, he's on it like a freaking uh, hammer, just ready to go. Yeah. So that's his thing. He's built into it. But specifically, you know, we do a lot of the pool training up at his place. Yeah. And you know, it's underwater, you know, dumbbells and saunas and ice baths and wow. a, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's essential. I think it's, you know, what he's developed up there is, is the best workout for serving. You know what I mean? Like if you're a surfer, yeah. like, you and you if because you, once you get comfortable holding 70 pound dumbbells underwater and you know doing jumping jacks or swimming to the surface whatever you got to do if you get knocked down by a wave and you know five six foot surf whatever that is like yeah. you're like oh this is nothing i'm cool you know i'm not holding a giant dumbbell so this is, this is yeah, exactly good. suddenly i have yeah. both hands to swim yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. so crazy to me and I, I feel like that's something i mean you've obviously we 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 spoke last week um, Elijah and I jumped on a call just to have a catch up before doing this. So there's so many topics that I want to get into, but um, we spoke about last week that you've done a lot of traveling and you've seen some really beautiful places around the world, but you also know some incredible individuals, which I imagine helps contribute so much, um, 
so much backstory and so much ideology into the things that you direct, right? I mean, oh, you, sure, yeah, like yeah. surely what you've seen and what you've experienced starts to play a role in the content you put out. A hundred percent. I mean, you, it's, you know, there's that, that saying that, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And that is so real. I mean, just being so diligent and having such high standards for the people that you surround yourself with, because yeah. that's as humans, we just, it's like a tribal mentality that we take on where you're like, I'm just going to reflect my environment, whether we're conscious of it or not. Uh, so the people uh, that you're spending time around, you start to become that. And like, I would way rather just hang out by myself than hang out with people that are kind of like junk food for my brain. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, but you, obviously, you know, you're a really busy guy and you, you've seen all these incredible things and know these amazing people. It's really cool to hear someone like yourself put such an impact and such an importance on mental state and on your surrounding and on your day-to-day -day sure. routine and on so 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 for you you surround yourself with yourself with the right five people um mental state's obviously a big player for you so you're putting a lot of focus into like relaxation and self-awareness and stuff like that for sure i i, I mean listen you know there's there's another saying that's like how you do anything is how you do everything and I don't necessarily agree, like there, there can maybe be exceptions to that, but it's overall, it's pretty accurate because you, you know, every single moment we're taking in stuff, we're learning, we're growing, hopefully in some form or some way. And if you're not conscious about what you're putting in your body in terms of what you're eating, in terms of what you're taking in with your visual stimulus, your auditory stimulus, what you're hearing, what you're taking in, who you're around, all of these things affect who we are as people and what we are as people I and mean, who we are as people is our contribution that's our art that's what we put out as creators you know it's like yeah. you, it's like you you are able to bring to a character all of your life experience you the specific character you might be embodying might be totally different but you have all of these experiences to draw on and oh yeah i mean your, your own mental state sanity whatever you want to yeah. call it it's like it, there, i don't know if it gets more essential than that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I, I, there's a there's actually a class that i'm taking right now at the moment um that is very much focused on self-awareness and how self-awareness plays such an impact in my career and in what it is that I What's want to called? do. Um, it's through, do you know, Deb Podowski? She's it an, sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. She's, she's an acting coach up in Vancouver, legend human being. Um, cool. And I, I, I signed with my agent out that side and, and she recommended Deb Podowski and she's, a, I'd recommend to anyone um, trying this. And that's yeah. my thing. When I was young, guys, to look at acting classes and go like, why would I, you know, what are you going to teach me? That like typical arrogant teenage perspective. Because for me, what acting has always been is the way that I feel and the things that I see and how well can I portray that in front of a camera. And that's not wrong, but someone needs to tell you how to do that. People need to show you how to do that. You can't watch a movie and watch a professional and be like, that's who I want to be without having people guide you along the way. And... Um, so, so through this class, we're putting so much more focus into, into self-awareness and mental mm -hmm. state. And we had an exercise where we had to watch our own behaviors and watch our own train of thought. And mm -hmm. basically, we had to do an activity without making it seem like you were doing an activity for, for the people watching you. And I spent, must have been a week and a half getting into this spent a week and a half getting into this thinking about what I think about all the time, if that makes any sense. So like what, what bugs me, what, what affects me, what upsets me, what makes me really happy. 
on on mornings that I wake up and I'm down. Why am I down? What happened the night before? What did I do? Yeah. What did I what did I eat? What did I etc. And all these factors that start to play a part because when you're on set for four months and when it's go, 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 go for four months, you don't have that day to sit down and go, let me just reevaluate how I'm thinking. No, dude, you should have done that at the beginning of the four months. Like it's crazy yes. to me how much of this industry, your side, my side, every side has such a powerful mental impact. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny. My, my uh, a friend of mine who, you know, it's, is, is, a, is an actress and spends a lot of time on set. And he talks about how it's like, you're making a movie with someone is almost like getting drunk with someone because like, you're going to find out who that person is real quick. <laughs> That's you know cool. I mean? That's cool. I yeah, like that. You're, you're, like you're saying, it's just like, you can't try and prepare when you're four months in. You have to be prepared. So yeah. when it goes, you're just, you're ready. Yeah. You know? well, no, one I, of, so the, what the project, uh, the last VR project I did with Laird, we did a mm -hmm. thing in Peru where he rode the longest wave in the world. And we literally found out about that shoot. Like, we was just like, the swell's coming. We got to go. Uh, it was like two days notice to, to organize wow. the whole thing, get the crew down to Peru and like film the thing with the drones and the cameras and just everything. And it was like, if you're not ready, you're going to miss that opportunity. Yes. There was a bit, I don't want to name names, but there was a much bigger company with millions of that was offering millions of dollars more than what we had to, to contribute that didn't get the job because they couldn't move fast enough really they weren't they weren't ready and it's like you know anyway there, yeah there's a whole thing in terms of like the bigger corporations and how like smaller crews can move faster but it, there's pros and cons of both but I, i'm not yeah. making an overall judgment about that but i'm just saying that in terms of staying ready i think it's will smith who's like you know if you stay ready you don't have to get ready exactly exactly yeah. if, if 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 i'm always thinking of what's coming and being ready for that, I know it's coming. So nothing is a surprise and nothing's gonna throw yeah. me out unaware. So, so I'm not sure what your first project was that, that, that you ever fully dived into in VR and film director. What was your, uh, you know, the, like how like did you the, start in all of this? I mean, I was, on, I was making movies when I was like 12, 11, you know, yeah. making movies with my brothers. Like I was always making stuff. I remember when I did the school play, like in fifth grade, they were like, you know, what part do you want to be? And I was like, I want to direct it. You know? There we like, go. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I mean, this has just been, you know, inside of me forever. It's telling stories, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, but the first kind of like big project where I started to like really get momentum and everything kind of took off was a project that I did uh, with a guy named Ken Burns. I don't know if you know him. He's a famous documentarian. Yes. He's kind of like yes. the original yes. documentarian in some capacity. Like, if you ever, there, there's literally an effect on iMovie called the Ken Burns effect, where it kind of pans into. Uh, a oh, really? Yeah, that's that's Ken Burns. Anyway, so I did no a companion way. piece in, in VR uh, about the Holocaust. For it was a film that he did about the Holocaust, and we did this companion piece, and it was called "Defying the Nazis," and that was kind of the first. I did that with Time Magazine. That was like the first big VR project. Okay. that I'd done that kind of like from there it was like oh you do VR and it's just you know snowball and then kind of snowballed from there so 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 a lot of the VR that you're busy with right now has that element of sport oh element of what support of of sport like big oh, wave sport. surfing and like oh well no I mean the, the one that um that just got is nominated right now that's the Emmys are in mm, September and mm, so mm. the one that's up right now is a project that um I, I did with a guy named Van Jones. I don't know if you know him in South mm -hmm. Africa. He's a, he's a, he has a show on CNN in the, in the U.S. Uh, anyway, he's a very, very thoughtful, wise, smart individual. I highly recommend checking out Van Jones. Awesome. Anyway, Van, Van is the man. And Van and I were actually working on another project uh, separate from this. And when 
the 2016 election happened and Trump got elected, we both like the next week got on a call and we're like, we need to just pivot. We need to figure out a way because yeah. what, what we noticed the way he puts it is that everyone in this country is talking and we need to start talking to each other instead of at each other. Yes. And, 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 and there's just, I mean, I, I don't know how it is over there, but just for over here, it's like, there's such a divide where like right now with this current election, it's like whoever wins, it almost feels like there's going to be some sort of a civil war or something. Like people are yeah. so divided and it's so just like my guy or your guy, and I'm right and you're wrong. And it's like, we, yeah. we need to figure out a way to come together and communicate. So this project that, that we've been working on for four years, that's now kind of, it's, it's now it's out is, uh, or the, at least the first couple episodes are out. There's going to be a lot more, but it, we're using the virtual reality technology to put you inside of the shoes of someone else, someone that you might feel you have nothing in common with. Wow. So you look down and we're using this new hand tracking technology where you can actually see your hands, not wearing, not with the controllers or not with, you know, the gloves or anything. You see your wow. hands in the virtual space. I actually have a headset right here. So it's like I put on the headset and I'm looking out and I see my hands in the experience. And, but they're either of a different race or they're of a different sex. And you're completely for that three or five minutes in someone else's body. That's and, so and it, cool. it's almost it, it's yeah it's almost like a social experiment to see what happens when we do that because this is so new and nobody's really using this technology for this right now and it's like what what happens like we don't know what happens to the human brain when we're actually looking and spending time in the shoes of someone else yeah i feel like there's 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 such an important message into that especially right now with gender and race yes. and all of that being such a massive uh, I, I want to call it a problem because there's so much wrong in those areas that we're trying to solve and society's trying to figure out and trying to readjust and realign. This is an incredible way to take someone and go, you know, life as you know it. Now I'm going to put you in that guy's shoes and then come and have a conversation with me. Once you understand how he feels and thinks now yeah. let's have the discussion. Yeah. And even if you don't fully understand, but you just have an idea, you know, like we, we showed this to, to police officers and like, you know, Republican oh, Trump really? supporting police officers. Yeah. It, it, sorry, I should rewind. One of the first episode we did was with Winston Duke from Black Panther. And so in that episode, you're in the shoes of this 12 year old African-American boy in the car with your dad, who's played by Winston, as you guys are pulled over and harassed by the police. And in that, we showed that episode to, you know, Trump supporting police officers and it's like, it's incredible. I have some footage of it. I think I, sh I showed you some of it, but it's like, yeah, it's yeah, incredible yeah. to see these guys be like, you know, I have the police officer perspective and you always like hear this stuff on the news and you think safety first, like, but this gives you a whole new perspective. So, and, so I mean, so oh, has, has right. that episode released? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, it's all crazy. Release dates with VR are so tough. Cause it's like, you have to down, you have to have a headset that works. You have to download it, put it in the thing, okay. like, upload it. It's all, yeah, but yes, it, it, has, it has technically released. It should because, be on Vance's website. Yeah. Because I, I watched that episode you sent me and I wasn't sure if I could bring it up, but I, yeah. I, I, watched, I watched this exact one of, um, of the police officer wearing the headset and going through the experience for the first time. And he came out like in shock and awe, being like, that's what it feels like. And I had goosebumps watching that episode, being yeah, like, it's great. Oh, this is, yeah. and it's, 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 it's crazy for me to see the impact and the difference that you can have in that industry. Because when I think VR, I think of ready player one, you know, yeah, totally. I think, I think of VR, someone like, that, like yeah, you know, like yeah, someone, totally. someone running yeah. on a treadmill, 
you know, and you can shoot bad guys and whatever. No one yeah. thinks of the social impact that you can have through such forward thinking technology. Totally. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like uh, uh, Uncle Ben said to Peter Parker in Spider-Man, he's like, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. And the power of this medium, because this is a whole new medium. This isn't like film and television. It's not video games. It's a whole new medium. And the power of this, because when you put on the headset and your peripheral vision is taken up, your brain believes that this is actually real. So you're storing this not as something you observe, observe, you're storing this as something you experience. Like this is an actual memory that is going into your head. Wow. So there is a huge amount of power, in, in my opinion, a huge amount of responsibility that creators have in this medium to be aware of what they're making because you can't just make a bunch of shooter games and stuff. Like you're gonna give someone PTSD. Like we, we and yeah. so kind of jumping, but jumping back to that episode, we, we had to be really careful because all of the episodes that we're creating in the series are based on true stories, right? So the, the episode with Winston Duke, you, you know, it's, it's a true story about a, a dad and a son in this car pulled over by the police. And we had to be really careful to find an episode where no one got killed because if it was really? too traumatic, you could actually give the viewer PTSD. No shit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and like you saw the episode, but like the, what, what ends up happening is still horrifying and it's gnarly, but it's not as it's not that gnarly and we actually even dialed back the real story because like it's just anyway it, it, it's yeah it is one of those things you have to be really aware of what you're contributing to the space but that that also puts into perspective how messed up the things are that are happening that you can't even put it into a virtual reality headset and have someone oh, yeah. else understand what this child went through for sure, and man. That's how dark it is. And it was, I was, I was, I was having the conversation with someone a day or two ago. Um, I can't remember who it was. And we were saying that it's not a good world with one or two bad people in it. It's a bad world with some good people that are fighting really hard to turn it around again. What do you think? I don't think know, man. Is? I don't know. I mean, listen everybody has you know different life experiences and it's where you are in the world mm. and like you know me chilling in malibu you know my my quarantine experience has been drastically different than the vast majority of the entire planet yeah. you know what i mean so i i am so lucky and i cannot i don't feel like i can make a, a definitive statement about like it's majority bad or majority good but i feel like there is a fundamental thing inside of people that you want to like it's if, if you even go back to like you know just a primal state we want to help the tribe you know yes we want to contribute we that those are those are real desires inside of us yes you know it's like you don't just you know make art and make movies because like you want to be famous or be on tv it's like no you want to contribute you want to yeah, you want to teach and you want to tell and you want to share yeah share yeah man that's like those are real desires and i think that those are in a lot of, at least the majority of people that i've met and it's not to say listen like there there's there's some crazy stuff out there. And there's, yeah. there's, you know, based on life experiences, there are people that really feel like their need is to do something that might not, or, or maybe it's just innocence. Maybe it's unaware innocence that they're like, hey, you know what? I think that this is going to be the best thing to do. Using the uh, VR example, it's like, I'm going to make porn and I'm going to make video games and shooters and killing <laughs> and all this stuff. And yeah. it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, listen, maybe there's a place for that. Uh, I just, for me, that's not what I want to contribute. And also... I want to make sure that in this new medium, if I have any say in shaping this thing as it you know unfolds and blossoms, because it's such a new thing, 
I yeah. want to make sure that there are pieces that contribute to a better and healthier world using the same tools that have separated us with this crazy technology to actually see if we can bring us closer together. Yeah. I, I, I feel like what's been crazy to see, I, I hate watching the news. Um, well, and I, good. Smart I, guy. I know, Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, well I, I, I feel like that's, that's such a naive, immature uh, view of the world to have in me going, I don't watch the news because it's bias and it's, and it's all negative, but it really is. And it, it's like, I, I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong and correct me if I am, but I, I, I feel like back in the day, maybe the news was different. I don't know, but I feel like with all these forms of media that there are right now, everything has a deeper meaning everything has a reason for being there. Like something happens on Instagram. It happened for a reason. Something happened in that country's economy. It happened for a reason. And this is now what my views become is like, okay, you elect someone. I can guarantee you there's something that he wants out of this that doesn't benefit the people, but benefits him. And it, it, yeah. it's now, now I watch the news and there's someone on the news going, Hey, we're going to do this. And we're this for the people. And I believe in this. I'm like, no, you don't. And I, and, 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 I know that that again is such a generalized view, but it's extremely difficult to shape my opinion to now go, I believe that guy. I believe that guy that he's going to do good in the world. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And it's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying all people in the world are bad. I'm just saying right now, it just feels like there's such an influx of powerful people that just have bad intention. And I feel like through the VR that you have and that you guys are capable of, like you said, everyone speaks shouts at each other. No one speaks to each other. No one's actually communicating. Everyone hears, but no one listens. And I, I, I feel like you are opening that channel of communication and that, and that channel of understanding. And I think that's what's so important in that if, if I can see the guy begging on the side of the road outside my house, and suddenly I'm not viewing it as, oh, well, you know what? He must have had a drug addiction and he ended up on the streets because of it. And now he's begging. Instead of that, it's like, geez, this guy came from a broken home. You know, this and this and this happened with his family. This is why he turned to this. This is why that happened. And now he's there. If I can not only imagine that, if, if you can show me that, and like you said, if, if it's so real that I can get PTSD from watching someone like be murdered, yeah. What better understanding is there to create for someone? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. I mean, you know, we're, we're trying, but, but exactly what you just described, it comes down to empathy, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's, yeah. that's what it is. That the, the, everything you just described is, is, is empathy. You can have empathy, true empathy for that person that, that's out there begging and, you know, going through what they're experiencing. Yeah. Um, we just an interesting point though, about, you know, what you're talking about, you know, watching the news. So I think, you know, you, you obviously, you know, know about diet and nutrition and how important it mm. is what you put into mm. your body. And that like literally makes up your cells, right? Yes. Like the food you eat literally makes up your body. Yes. It's the same way, like we were talking about in the beginning, it's like your media diet, what you consume That's through your cool. eyes and your ears like makes up your brain because you're taking that on. And the, you know, the, the news has a saying, like they say, if it bleeds, it leads. 
Does that make sense? Wow. If it bleeds, it leads. That's a real thing that, that journalists and reporters and news people like hear a lot. Because if it bleeds, it leads because it, pl it plays into our real primal brain in terms of fear responses. And if something I, yeah. is something I need to be aware of and I need to be afraid of, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to click. I'm going to look at. I'm going to read. I'm going to scroll. Like, oh, wait, wait, it's fear. Like, you know, it's so much easier to do that than to do something that, that's connecting. Just because it's like, it's almost like junk food. You know, it's the equivalent of junk food. It's not to say we don't need to know about all the stuff that's going on in the world, but it's about how you consume that. Yes. And so for you to just like give over your entire media diet to let, it's like, it's like hiring a chef and then letting the chef, you'd be like, yeah, just make me fucking whatever you want. I don't even, you know, so it's like you, when you exactly. turn on a, a new station, you're being like, okay, uh, yeah, just give me whatever you got. Like, I, you know, I, I don't care. Yes. I, I'm just going to take in whatever, whatever you give, whatever you're serving right now is what I'm going to eat. Fuck no. There, there are so many yeah. ways to be more conscious about what your intake is. I'm not saying don't be informed. You know what I mean? But I'm saying choose the way and really be diligent about selecting the way that you learn and you intake uh, your intake about what is happening going on in the world for yourself because there are so many things happening right now yes for to be like well the only thing that matters is xyz because it's terrible because we want you to pay attention to this because we think that this is the thing that you're most likely to click on so we can get ad revenue and all that stuff it's like no, 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 no. Don't, don't just outsource your cognition to some, you know, news channel. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like that's also a very real thing. Like you said, ad revenue, follow the money and you'll find the answer to everything nowadays. Like it's a lot, it's a lot. It, there's yeah. so much of that. And it's, I feel like with there being such a massive amount of media available for us, people are yeah. becoming more and more and more informed so opinions are being formed faster and faster, which right. on the one side of the scale is very good because it provides me the opportunity to, to, to empathize, to have empathy, right. try and understand someone else's perspective. But it's but also, the other side. But on the other side, it makes yeah. me go, I've learned this and I watched this and I know this and don't, and it's, and it, you, you see it from so many sides in the world, whether yeah. diet, you brought up diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's this thing of pescatarian, vegan, vegetarian, and I, I don't know what you call someone that eats everything, just like Car carnivore diet. Yeah. Carnivore all, diet. Then yeah, you've omnivore, got, all of it. Yeah. Then you've got paleo. Then you've got this. And, and, and you know what? At the end of the day, everyone shut up and do what works for you. And if that's what you want to do, then do that. Like, that's I'm right. not going to tell you how to live your life, I'm not going to tell you what works for your body. I'm not yeah. going to tell you what makes you feel good. If it makes you feel good, dude, do it. By all means, we do need well, to have slope. a better <laughs> impact on the yeah. environment. And we need to stop, you know, fucking up as much as we are. And like, there's a lot of brutal stuff happening in the food industries. Um, yeah, yeah. So I back that. But at the same yeah. time, again, it's been an issue that's turned into two people shouting at each other. Instead uh, of like... There's got to be a way that we can make this better together. No, people take their diets like religion almost. I mean, it is, you know, and I, it, you listen, it's, it's a thing. It's like, you know, you feel like it worked for you. Like you're saying, you think it was going to work for everybody, but it's, that's not the case. Every, every body, every human body is so different. You know, I, I mean, agree. but also I just want to be careful because you said this thing, you're like, it feels good, do it. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, you know, there's a line to that. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, like, true, 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 true. I, I think, I think that the best diet, I don't know, it's not like you can't prescribe this for everyone, but like for me, what I found is just to listen, 
to listen to myself, to listen to my body. Because if you listen and you're really in tune and you, you know, like you're saying, taking the time to get still, do some sort of, whether it's meditation, whatever that practice is for you, when you're able to tap into your body, I believe that it is letting us know what we want, but you have to listen beyond just the, mm. you know, simple cravings for fat, sugar, salt, you know, that stuff. But if you get beyond that, you're actually like checking in. What does my small intestine want right now? You know, what, what, yeah. what, what, what yeah. does my liver really need? You know, it's like, you can listen, like it, our, we're in a relationship with our bodies that is, is really worth paying attention to. Do, do you think that we've become less in touch with our own bodies? I would say probably, yeah, just because it's, mm. it's, it's so easy not to be right now, mm. you know? Mm. We, we, have, we have devices in our hands that give us access to all of recorded information in human history, you know? We, we, there's so, there's so, it's so easy instead of like, we no longer, we are far from the days where we had to go out and hunt something to eat it or forage plants exactly. to eat it. We, we are just like DoorDash, uh, Grubhub, you know, Uber Eats, boom, send yeah. the thing, boom, just click, click, boom, give, 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 receipt, take, you know, take. And it's like that, th there is, there, I think there's going to be an inherent disconnect that comes with that. Now, I'm, I'm, I work in technology, so it's not like I'm bashing technology. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. really, well, all this stuff is, you know, these phones, all this stuff, it's just tools. And we have to be really careful how we use our tools. I don't know if careful is the right word. We have to be really aware of how we use our tools. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's actually cool that we've brought this into topic. I'm going to bring up one more regarding diet and stuff, just because you're so well informed in that. And it's, it's such a big part of both of our lives. And then I got to ask some crazy questions about VR. Yeah. But um, I was, Jess and I were, were actually chatting earlier today about how they've now started moving into this area of developing meat that you can grow in a lab. Lab room meat, yeah and how we started going that way. And we were having the conversation about how there could be a positive and a negative impact on this. And I feel like on the one side, again, there's always two sides. And that's what's so cool about having these discussions is that, you know, we're listening and we're talking and, you know, and so it, it's important for us to bring this kind of thing up in that you look at economies like South Africa's where there's a lot of poverty um, and there's a lot of unemployment. Um, and there's a lot of broken homes and there's, you know, very little money for the amount of people that we have here. Chicken, and I know this sounds like a crazy example, but chicken is a huge part of people's lives here. Cheap, um, big amounts of that meat is such a crucial element in people's diet here because that's what they can afford bread, milk, and chicken. It's what they can afford. It's readily available. There's a lot of it and I can feed my family. Now, what happens is if we create a lab made meat, and I think this is a good thing. I think it's a good thing that this is happening because the agri agricultural industries in the world, there's good ones and there's really bad ones. And the really bad ones are playing with really high numbers. And that's where it's getting really fucked up. So mm -hmm. with there being lab meat created, I feel like those industries um, are going to, you know, maybe, I don't know if I'm wrong, be forced to reevaluate or be forced to calm down or readjust or stop producing such high numbers. But then I look at an economy like South Africa's, like I said, with, with chicken, like you can't take that away from the people. You can't now tell them you have to be able to afford lab meat and i don't know if it's going to be cheap or expensive but i can't imagine that it's going to be cheap 
oh, it's very expensive right now. And that is the key phrase right now. Because yeah. with lab-grown meat, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because it's also, it's technology. And there's, there's a, do you know about exponential growth? Have you ever heard that concept? Yeah, when it kind of like, so numbers. Basically, yeah, yes. yeah, that's how it looks like on a chart. But what exponential growth is, is, is all, pretty much all technology is on this exponential growth curve where instead of going one and two and three and they're taking steps like that, they're doubling. So every time it doubles, that's what exponential growth means. It means to go okay. from one to two to four to eight to 16, 32, you know what I mean? 64, it doubles every step, it doubles. And our brains as humans have a hard time processing this because we did not evolve with exponential technology or anything like it. But yeah. if you, so just, just so you understand the power of exponential, if you took 30 linear steps, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, up to 30, you'd be at 30. If you took 30 exponential steps, just what I'm doing, doubling, two, four, you know, eight, yeah. 16, do you know where you would be at in 30 steps? Where? Guess. Dude, I'm so bad at math, but I'm gonna say like- No, but just guess. A couple hundred? A billion. No, really? A billion. A billion. That's how powerful exponential growth is. That's why- the, the, you I'm know, like the, mind the blown by that number. Yeah. No, but that's why the chip that's in our smartphone is like a thousand times more powerful and a thousand times cheaper than a supercomputer up at Stanford in the 1960s. You know what I mean? That was the size of this entire house that I made. You know what I mean? No it, ways. Yeah, yes. So, but the reason I bring that up in regard to lab-grown meat is because lab-grown meat is a technology that's on an exponential growth curve, but what that's going to do is it's going to affect the cost. So right now it's super expensive. I think I've heard them talking about coming out with some version later this year that's going to be still like an expensive steak or an expensive piece of chicken uh, but uh. give that five years you know give that 10 years that shit will be cheaper than anything and potentially i don't know how this all plays out because yeah. there's a lot of people with a lot of money involved and they could shut a lot of things down but potentially this could be much more healthy for us as individuals because they could you know genetically tweak it and make it so I it see. has a high omega-3 ratio it has you know no it tastes great but it has no you know sodium or whatever the thing is and make it really nutrient dense for your body, but it's incredibly cheap, could be distributed everywhere and made anywhere. Just like, you know, think about all these technologies, like even the headset that I have right here, like this thing was not really possible five years ago. Something that's this small, not tethered to a computer, like this whole thing, you can put it on and have a full VR experience. That that's was not so crazy to me because I've never seen that here before ever. Right, right. Well, I, I think you get it. It's called that one, the Oculus Quest. So. I think it'd be on Amazon. It's hard to get them right now because of the pandemic, they're all sold out. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, anyway, but that's, that's really, it's a, such an incredible and important fact to realize that these technologies, the reason why they're just going so crazy and they're only going to get crazier is because they're on this exponential trajectory. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I think like at, at the end of the discussion that we're having on this lab based, yeah. what did you call it again? Um, they call it lab, lab grown meat is what I've heard. Lab say. room meat. Lab grown, lab grown, lab grown meat, lab grown meat. So at, at the end of the discussion that we were having on this lab grown meat, because it's so new and because I'm so uninformed and basically I'm establishing my, my, my opinion on one or two articles and what I think, um, yeah. if, if you view it from the perspective of mass amounts of people and yeah. the amount of poverty and the amount of, you know, stuff like that around the world, not just here in South Africa, I, I, I sincerely and I really hope that lab-grown meat becomes a solution to that. Yeah. I, yeah. 
I know it's going to have a massive impact on animal and agriculture and all these other industries. It might be a million times healthier for the environment as well. That's awesome. I'm, I'm all for that genuinely, but I really hope that the development of this in some way has a positive impact on those people because oh, yeah. I yeah. can, and I, I know this is a silly, crazy statement to make, but I can guarantee you there's a lot of poor people in India that really don't care about being vegan or vegetarian or carnivore or paleo or anything you eat and you sustain life and you keep, keep your family fed. If we can, if, 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 if we can make that gap smaller between uh, health and just pure necessity to live, if we can like narrow that gap and start to bring them closer together. And if lab meat becomes a solution for that, fuck yes, yes. I'm stoked for it. Seriously. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. A hundred percent. You know, there's a great quote by a guy named William Gibson and he says, the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And so like, you know, it, it, like you're saying, it's, it's like the vast majority of the entire planet can't go to Whole Foods and get, you know, clean, green, organic, yeah. whatever. It's like, yeah. we need something that's actually sustainable. The reason why these corporations can make the cheapest, least expensive product is because people need the cheapest least expensive product because we can't yes. majority of people on the planet can't afford to, to eat that stuff mm, mm. yeah and again it's, th it's, th th this isn't us taking shots at someone that is vegan or pesky or whatever no my girlfriend's no, no. pescatarian well, you know and i'm kind of or whatever the, no no there's yeah there's, we there's get along no, like a house I, on fire I definitely cannot make any, I'm not making any statements about what any individual should eat at all. Exactly. I'm just talking about myself. For, but I do think, or sorry, I shouldn't say but, and I do think that there's, you know, I think it was uh, PETA, the, the animal rights organization. Yes. They, they, they gave lab-grown meat the thumbs up. Oh, so really? If PETA, yeah, PETA's like saying that, like, I don't know how vegans w would feel about it. I was vegan myself for a long time. And, yeah. you know, I don't, excuse me, I don't know how people, I'm sure everyone's going to react differently, but you know, the fact that PETA gave lab grown meat a thumbs up is, is a big sign. Mm, mm. That's dope. That's really yeah. cool. I'm excited yeah. for this because I think it's going to change things a lot and it's going to open up a lot of eyes as well yeah. into healthier, better ways of living and hopefully get to help, you know, more unestablished, not as futuristic parts of the world, as you said, it, according to that quote, but for sure. For me to take things back before we close off to like a very less serious conversation. I yeah. did a podcast with a friend of mine two, three months ago. I'm going to bring it back mm -hmm. to VR. And we got onto this topic of, is there the possibility that VR becomes so real that we start to lose perspective on what is reality? Absolutely. That's it's already, it's already, it's it's already happened. That's already, that's already now. That's not even like in the future. That's right now. You, there's, a, there's an experience like there's many of these, but there's one specifically that uh, the, the, it's, it's, it's called a plank walk and you put on the headset and in, in the virtual world, you're looking out and there's like a plank over a giant drop that goes down uh, hundreds of feet. Already. Yeah. And, well, no, but dude, what happens is people will like take the headset and they'll be looking at it in the plank thing and they're like, oh my God. And they'll literally no way. look down and look, it's a flat surface. They're just in the room. It's regular flat. And they're like stepping on the floor, trying to like test it out. And then they're like, okay, and they put it back on and they still, they still. No ways. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, but I'm saying that, that level of believability is already there. 
So imagine we're talking about exponential technology. Imagine in 10 years. That, that's yeah. scary. I, well, I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but you should check out Elon Musk talking about the simulation theory. Have you ever heard that? Is that the thing that you put into your brain? No, no, that's called Neuralink. Uh, but, but the simulation theory, Elon Musk says, we got, I got a phone call. You can, can you see me now? Yeah, all good. For a second, sorry. So, so it's worth Googling because, you know, Elon says it so eloquently, but he, he says that the odds that we are not living in a simulation right now are one in billions. The odds that we are not living in a simulation are one in billions. Okay, wait. So what does it actually mean for us to be living in a simulation? Because his, his theory behind it, and again, totally worth watching him talk about it. And there's a lot of smart people that, that have, have thought this up because eventually understanding exponential technology that this thing's just going to double, right? Eventually you're going to put on the headset and there's going to be experiences that aren't just believable, but they're indistinguishable from real life. Sensors on your body so you can feel everything, touch, rain, smells, everything, everything, taste, all of it will all be real. It's completely, you know, your peripheral vision is totally taken up. You are immersed in this thing to a degree that your brain cannot distinguish between the virtual reality and the real reality. And so the theory goes that eventually it's, it's if, if we get to that point, I mean, or when we get to that point, because it's just a matter of time with technology, when we get to that point, it goes deep down the rabbit hole, but just, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we get to that point that somebody somewhere along the lines in there is going to create some sort of like ancestor simulation. What was it like in the 1980s? And so they live inside that virtual world in the 1980s, but it's indistinguishable. And then inside of that digital world, they would maybe potentially somebody in that virtual world would create virtual reality and then they would create something that's indistinguishable and then in that indistinguishable world they would create some sort of thing that would go back and then there's another thing and just keep building on top of each other so the i don't know if i'm doing a great job of explaining that but no, no 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 you are yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with yeah. you all the way on this yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's saying he's saying that the odds are one in billions because of if that happens at any point in human history if that has happened then the odds are one in billions that we're the first species or we're the first generation of humans to have done that. Does that make sense? So if we are in a simulation, let me get my, <laughs> my, my Elon hat on. Okay. So if we simulation through the conversation of virtual reality and the question is, can we, create a virtual reality that is so real and so alive that it becomes a new reality that we get so lost in that reality that we lose the current one that we in now. And I, it, like, I'm trying to get my words right. So yeah, no, that's right. You just said it really well. That's, that's a good way to say it. it, it okay. Okay, cool. Cause I, I don't want to be butchering this cause this is such no, a crazy, awesome topic. So you said that Elon Musk made the statement that the chances that we are not in a simulation right now are one to billions. One in billions, yeah. Okay, so you said that we could take virtual reality so far that say now we did that ancestral creation, like went back to the 1800s and then in, in that virtual reality of the 1800s, someone creates virtual reality in that space and that and then takes it from there further, right? So virtual exactly. reality would have to be so advanced that you could be in a virtual reality 
and create something to that extent. It would have yes. to be like super forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we're not that far away from that. Because of exponential because again, growth. Because again, really, really, exactly, exactly. I'm learning on this growth. podcast. You got it, bro. You got it. That's it. That's it. And it's, it's one of those concepts that just, it's not hardwired into us because when we were evolving, we had no need to think about exponential growth because there was nothing that was doing that really. Yes. You know? So in our, at least in our environments. So we're now in this whole new world where it's like, again, this is a theory, but it's like, when you follow the logic, there's like, there's something to that. You know, it's really, it's just an interesting thing. And, and again, under yeah, understanding technology, like you watch these growth curves and these things like the freaking iPhone. I mean, just alone, that thing, the invention of that, if you watch the movie Minority Report, right? Would you remember that with uh, Tom yes. Cruise? Yes. Yeah. So that movie came out in 2005. That's two years before the iPhone was invented, right? Yes. Is that you with me? So yes. in that movie, the way that Spielberg did that movie is he had a, a think tank of all of the most brilliant minds in future projections, like VR experts, uh, technology experts, just from all over the world come together and they thought about what the future was going to look like. Right. That's they did dope. incredible stuff. Like they had self-driving cars, they had digital advertising, they had all of these things that were so advanced and so cutting edge and so cool. But if you look at their phones, they're still communicating with these little like Bluetooth headset looking type of things. And they had nowhere near anything as advanced as what we have in our pockets right now that only came out two years later. That's you crazy. It's crazy. It's just one of those things I always look at. And I'm like, that was the smartest minds in the world at that time. It didn't really see this thing that was just coming. And it's like, yes. what are we two years away from right now? It's scary. It's, it's unknown. And like, as humans, we have a, you know, a, a natural propensity to fear the unknown. To but fear the unknown, I like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, listen, again, going back to the fundamentals, though, these are tools, right? And it all matters how we use these tools. Like a hammer yes. can build a bridge or it can bash someone in the head. You know what I mean? It's how you use these tools. And that's why exactly. the power and being conscious of the power that we have with these tools and in storytelling and all the things that we're doing is so, so important. So you, you brought up Minority Report, um, which is with Tom Cruise. Have yep. you seen Vanilla Sky? Yes. Yes. That movie tripped yeah. me out yeah. so badly. <laughs> For sure. I, yeah. I, I had to lie in bed and Google the ending and I found yeah. like four different theories on the ending and I was able to yeah, like mix sure. everything and come up with my own crazy theory, which is what we do yeah. is try to define understanding. For and sure. That, that, that was a thing of like putting your body on ice, but you're still alive in your head. It's kind of like the same ending to Repo Men. Did you ever watch that like really gory movie Repo Men? Oh yeah. Was that with Emilio Estevez? It's got uh, Jude Law, I think was, no, not, is it Jude Law that's in it? Where you get like a fake heart and they cut you open. They got to take, they got to repo your heart back if you can't pay for it. Maybe they did a remake of it. Oh, man. No, I'm thinking of something. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. What, what about it though? Yeah. Yeah. So in that, at the end, they basically uh, kill the dude and repo a bunch of spoilers. They're like, you know, repo a bunch of stuff from him and his chicky at the time, or like his, his girlfriend, like hookup vibe, you know, and they put him in his dream scenario by putting these things in his head and his conscience continues to live in this dream. Now, right. the reason I bring this up is because could we do that? Like could virtual reality 
become so real that it becomes like that Johnny Depp type shit in that movie where he lives in a computer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Transcendent. So yes, yes. So, oh, the, the answer is, is yes, absolutely. And there's even the, so the person that started Sirius Satellite Radio, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're now working on that. That's their next mission is to upload human consciousness to a silicone chip. Yeah. How? Yeah, see, it, I, it I it can't crazy. fathom oh, that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. What were you saying? I, I can't fathom that. Like, like I'm going, I'm still trying to understand like emotions, right? This is why I yeah. love, or well, one of the reasons why I love acting and storytelling. We, to this day, like my phone, there's so much happening in this little thing, but I, I, I can work it. There's so much happening in your brain and emotions and the things you feel and the things that trigger you and push you in certain directions, but it, it's not tangible. I can't, I can't hold an emotion and go, that's anger. This is how I can tweak it and make it better and move it around. And so how are you going to do that with my conscience? Well, I don't know if it's like necessarily so far as to tweak it and move it around because we don't even necessarily understand what consciousness is really uh, or even where it ne- technically it's located. Uh, that being said, I don't quite understand. Like, uh, it's a, it's a, I think it's the, the person that started serious is a, was a, is a man that transitioned to a woman. So I believe is a, a woman now. Uh, and she gives a great Ted talk about it. So like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to try and put work cause that's not my field of expertise at all. I yeah. just heard that that's what, that's what they're working on. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, to Elon Musk's thing, you brought up the neural link, the one with the stuff in the brain, like yes. that's, that's that's definitely along those lines that's you know i i don't not that that's the first goal of it because the first goal of it would be you know human to computer interface but that's not far from it when you start really following where those threads can lead so, <laughs> that's so crazy so basically yeah. basically virtual reality and your conscience in a chip and Neuralink and all of the stuff could go so far that we lose the necessity for the world around us and recreate it. For sure. I mean, think about even what's happening with Instagram. I mean, most kids are spending so much time scrolling through Instagram that it's like their reality is a lot more on Instagram than in reality. Yeah. You know, if you're a kid and you spend 12 hours of your day on Instagram, eight hours sleeping. That means what is the, you know that that, <laughs> that that leaves four more hours for you to actually experience reality. And listen, that's obviously an extreme case, but oh man, I, we there's a, we can go even a little deeper if you want. There there's there's a there's a game. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called a Second Life. It's no. a it's a virtual game. It's a virtual. So it was on a computer. It's like a virtual game on a computer where you create a character, and in that world, you can do whatever you want. You can interact with other avatars on the computer, real people all over the world, but you create family and a house and make money and do whatever, whatever you want to do. You, you make your own world. It's called Second Life. A few years ago, there was a couple, I believe it was in South Korea, and they were so into this game, they spent so much time on the game that they had created a whole family, like their own, their own partnership. The man and the woman were on this game, living as a couple, in the game and in real life and in real life they had a baby and in the game they also tried to create their real life so they had a baby in the game and they neglected their real baby so much because they were paying attention to the virtual baby that their real baby died (laughs) 
I'm not, I'm not laughing about that. What? I'm laughing about like your reaction to it. It's kind of amazing, but that's real. There's like, there's actually a documentary about it. I think it was called love child. Um, it's just, it's crazy, but I'm saying that's already now that's nothing to do with virtual reality. That's like, that's just how much time we can spend and how much of our day, you know, waking life that we would put into living inside of a virtual game on a computer. So think about when it feels completely real. This is so scary to me. So not, not only could you create the perfect world, uh, perfect, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. perfect is to each person, but not yeah. only could you create the perfect world, but you could create a world where death wouldn't exist until the point that your that your actual body passed. But if there's also the chance that you can put your consciousness into a chip, then technically you could live forever. Yeah. <laughs> Simply put, yeah. So if, wait, I think I want to roll here. So if, hang on, I'm trying to like run my head around two different things. So if you mentioned the an ancestry theory where you could create the 1800s and go back to the 1800s and then, yep. and, and then recreate like virtual in the 1800s and then kind of rebuild in that virtual reality from that point in time. Yep. Say now we do that. Combine that with putting your consciousness into a chip. Yep. You'd live forever. Yep. <laughs> My word. Yep. Yeah. Is it is it far to go to bring up time travel? Would that not be No, it wouldn't it be would be travel. some form no it will it would be uh, you're you're not talking about necessarily real time travel. You're talking it's like it'd be time travel in the same sense that when you restart a video game to the beginning you time travel. Well, if 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 we on the point of if, if I could lose myself in a reality, in a virtual reality to the point that that virtual reality becomes my reality, then I could time travel. Because to me, if this is all a simulation, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yes. The, yes. You see, yeah, what yes. I'm, you see oh, how everything you, connects? Yeah. If you're talking about that, no limits. You could fly. You could breathe underwater. You could do whatever. There are, if it's that, there's no, no limits. So you could trick my brain that if you created a virtual reality where I could breathe underwater, my brain could get tricked to such a point that I live in that virtual reality, believing that I can breathe underwater. So that becomes my reality. I become Aquaman. Yes. yes. I mean, it hasn't been done yet, but yes, is the answer. Hmm? <laughs> Amadeus, what's that? What? There's a book called Homodeus. Homodeus. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. It's awesome. Yaval. Yeah, he's read it. Yeah. Yeah. He's read it. Yeah. So, so the, the guy that, wrote Sapiens. What were? Oh, it? Sapiens. That's what. Um, yeah. I bought the other book. Yeah. So the yeah. guy who wrote Sapiens. Sapiens was about our history in the past. Homo yes. Homodeus or Homodeus. I don't know exactly how to say it, but Homodeus is the projected future that he's done it's, it's like if, if if that's the past homo deus is the future if sapiens is the past yeah yeah it's it's heavy it's 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 very it's very worth checking out
and it's 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 actually scary to have this conversation because it sounds like a conversation that is extremely far fetched, but the impact that technology is having on the world and in our individual lives more and more and more. And like, it's not that crazy to have this conversation anymore. The yeah. fact that you can virtually create time travel to such a Sorry. point that I time travel. That you believe it. Yeah. That you believe it means there's no need for you to create a time capsule, like back to the future and send me away in like a, a car because you could just convince my brain that I've done it already and now I'm in that time. There's that, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, again, I mean, to me, the, the thing that I keep, when, when you, we go off into all, all these potential possibilities that are very possible, it's always important to come back to that all we're talking about is tools. We are yes. talking about tools that we are building. And again, what do you want to do with these tools? See, now, for me, I can't imagine how we could take that tool and make it bad. I'm sure there oh, is a way. For sure, bro. Yeah? <laughs> imagine that. Imagine, imagine if you had control over, okay, talk, okay, all right, hypothetical. If some government wanted to control an entire population, plug them into VR headsets, let them be all vegetated out doing in their virtual time travel, and then the government does whatever the freaking fudge they want. If it was some evil government, I'm just saying, like that's just one of, in, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're so, listen, all of these tools can, can, be, can be used in any direction. And the more powerful the tool, the more possible like that is for, for both sides of that. You know, it's like, you know, splitting the atom creates nuclear energy and creates an atomic bomb. So, Fair. So now, you know how in a cell phone, they believe that the government's listening or they believe yeah. that or whatever it is, you know, like yeah. Jess and I will talk about the fact that I need to buy a purple fire extinguisher. That sounds crazy until yeah. I go on my Shots phone and the up. first sponsored ad on my Instagram is fire extinguishers that you can customize. Like yes. it's crazy that happens all the time and then yeah, i ask yeah. other people that i do the exactly the same thing happened to me but what's even crazier is that we don't care so we talk about it going like oh my word dude so you know i spoke about this and this and this and the next day there was an ad of it in my instagram you don't actively go get rid of the phone you go ah well i guess that's what it is yep now now you want to plug in yeah a virtual reality and a neural link that has full like control over yeah. the uh, perspective that your brain has and you want to give someone the chance that they could possibly control that like so if if i put on a virtual reality headset and it's so good in the future that i put it on and while i'm in this world i get convinced that i need to buy whatever product yeah you could convince my brain to such a point that when i take that headset off i live with the need to buy that easy product. easy or not dude take it further you could convince them to do pretty much whatever and it's like you, at that that point then it, then it becomes inception you know what i mean you're implanting ideas in someone else's brain so oh, it's, it's inception yeah the, the, yeah the, neg the negative you know potential is is extraordinarily great as well that's why it's so important to pay because attention you to how could, you you could convince assassinations. Sure. Did you ever see you the could, Manchurian Candidate? 
the Manchurian Candidate, that's like pretty much the, the plot. I haven't seen that, but I'm going to watch it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's, it's like, I mean, they, they do something different. It's not really exactly through the same technology, but it's it's same thing. They, they convince the guy to assassinate the president. Like, and it, anyway, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, listen. I so I, I dude, I have, I have to go because I didn't, I didn't expect us to go this long. But I, I didn't love either. this, man. I didn't. I, 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 I appreciate you, and I'm down to do this again anytime. So we can, yes. we can do a part two, and we can continue this because the stuff runs deep, and I love exploring ideas with you and just kind of, you know, talking about awesome. the space because it's, it's unknown. You know what I mean? It's and so we sick. are at that point now where we get to kind of create this, or, or at least be part of that, and bringing this stuff in the world, and paying attention to the stories we're telling and all yes. these things we're doing it contributes to, to this world that we all hopefully want to create. But that's again, the thing, be, be willing to understand and to listen and to empathize and conversations like this suddenly become very interesting because it's not me versus you. It's the two of us sitting down and talking about something that where that happens tomorrow or in 400 years, yes. there's, there's a very high chance of like, and, and, and possibility. And it's great to talk and, on a, on a level of understanding that is like, dude, you know, stuff that I don't, I'm learning every single yeah. podcast that I ever do. I learn something. And this has definitely been one of those top podcasts when it comes to value of knowledge. So thank, awesome. you, Elijah, thank you so much for giving me your time. You gave me a lot of your time today. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Once again, congratulations on your Emmy nomination. I have to bring it up again. Um, Thanks, man. And I am so stoked for what's coming and we will definitely do this again. We'll stay in close touch as well. Um, yeah. I will see you on that side of the world very soon. Dude, I love that. Let, let's do it anytime, man. Great talking with you, Josh. Awesome, dude. Same to you. Thank you so much, cheers. Elijah. Much love. Right much love, man. Talk to you soon. Cheers, cheers, brother.